The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. We are in our second podcast of 2023, and you know what? I think I need to break down some serious canards. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. I think I need to break down BS we hear on both sides of the aisle, because both sides suck out loud. And you know what? I'm really tired of dealing with one side who thinks that they're better than the other. You know, uh, well, we're going to vote for the Rhinos, the Mitt Romneys, and the William F. Buckley Jr. bow tie wearing idiots who are going to be civil and they're going to take the high road against communism, against totalitarianism, and straight up fascism of the left. But we're going to do it very nicely and we're going to do it in such a resounding and peaceful way that we're going to reach around the aisle, right? We're going to grab each other by the gonads around the aisle and we're just going to do this dosy do to where. You know, we're going to find some middle ground, right? No, you're not getting middle ground. They're going to bury you with their foot on your neck. But yet you think you're getting middle ground. And this is the state of the GOP. And I'm going to break out some serious canards on the second half of the break in regards to the coronavirus vaccine. But there's some things that have happened recently on the right that needs to be addressed. I think first and foremost, which we talked about on the last podcast, the Speaker of the House, okay? We were told over and over, oh, man, you guys got to unite. You guys got to get behind Speaker McCarthy because he's the best. You know, even though he sold us out, he has a track record, he sucks, he's just ripped us off and thrown us under the bus. You know, Donald Trump likes him a lot, and he's going to be put on speakerphone for Matt Gates and uh, Lauren Boebert. But you know what? You need to fall in line and vote for this guy. And, you know, don't worry about standing against him, even though you have a slim majority and you now have leverage. We just need to take it easy and just get behind him and unite, right? That's what we were told. Um... Then we were told, oh, what's your game plan? Well, if you don't unite behind uh, Kevin McCarthy, what's your game plan? What's, what's, what's your end game, right? And then we go, okay, well, I guess we need to put this into action because, you know, people like the uh, new con congressman from Wisconsin, uh, Van, what's his name? I can't remember. He's a, he's a jackass. But, you know, all these different people that said, well, we have to get behind McCarthy because these people out there, the Freedom Caucus is out there. They're just raising money off of this. They're out there. They're embarrassing. They're making themselves look embarrassing. They're embarrassing the GOP. I've got people I know that are now not going to vote for the Republican Party because of the speaker's race, which is utter BS. But I've got people out there saying this garbage, and then they're saying, oh, my gosh, they just, they, they just look like clowns. They're not unified. And the, Repu the Democrats are out there with popcorn, and they're drinking whiskey, and they're laughing, and they're making fun of them. Look at them. They're not even united. They look like they're in chaos. Um, and then what happens? Well, first off, we get a crap ton of stuff we wanted, which we talked about on the last podcast. We can defund bureaucrats. We can read a bill over 72 hours. We can actually call a speaker to the, uh, to the carpet on one vote, right? We got tons of stuff that was really cool thanks to Chip Roy and uh, some of these other cats 
in the Freedom Caucus. Thank God that they stood up. But the thing is, the GOP establishment and conservative Inc., big con, as Stephen Crowder likes to call them, were telling us that we need to stand up and get behind Kevin McCarthy. And some of the greatest thought leaders in the conservative movement were spouting this garbage out. And you know what? What happened? What happened when we were told, well, we need to get to work. We got to unite and get behind Kevin McCarthy, make him the speaker, and we're going to get to work. We all went home. We all went home. They all freaking went home. They all went home. Why was there a sense of urgency? Why was it that we were not allowed to go all the way until January 23rd with the votes? Oh, because we need to unite. We need to get to the work of the American people. But they went home. They went home. It's a canard. They lied to you. They pretended that your back was against the wall. This is the, this is the, federal funding bill this is well if you don't get together and vote right now we don't get a budget increase you know we we hit a debt ceiling and we need to you know to pass a a budget well if we don't do that we're gonna have a government shutdown oh my god nobody's gonna be able to go to mount rushmore nobody's gonna be able to visit the parks because that's the only thing that's gonna close down everybody else is gonna be sent home and they're gonna get their money back pay And the shutdown did nothing. And people like Ted Cruz read Green Eggs and Ham on on the floor of the Senate to stop this BS. And then they were later vilified by the same conic idiots that were saying, oh, well, you know, he's Goldman Sachs, which he's not, obviously. You're given a false choice. You're given a canard. The canard is that we have to rally behind a rhino. We can't press him to the wall. We can't neuter this asshole and turn around and say, you better give us the demands that we want that are bipartisan, that support both sides of the aisle, regardless of who's in power. Because it's good for the American people. No, we just have to unify behind somebody with a track record that sucks. And who told us that? All the thought leaders, all the conservative. You know, I'm not a conservative thought leader. I'm not assigned to any conservative media outlet. I get to speak my voice and I don't care if I got 10 listeners. I don't care. But I can tell you right now the canard was BS and I knew it going in and I watched it and it was lit. It was gaslit on fire. And you were supposed to fall in line and just go, well, yeah, you know, we, we look embarrassing. We don't look good in front of the people. We need to be the higher ground people. We need to be the Mitt Romneys and the, you know, and, and the William F. Buckley Juniors and straighten that tie. And, you know, we're, we're going to look into civility. And we're just these high, prim and proper people that are going to do the work of the high intellectual brow people and do the work of conservatism. And guess what? They all went home. <laughs> it, was so, it was so stupid. And then there was the red wave. The red wave, which really I almost bought into too because I'm going, well, really, people are pissed. Their eggs are $6, $7 a, a carton. Gas is like four or five bucks a gallon. Diesel's like eight or nine a gallon. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're getting fisted economically. Well, yeah, you probably would be pissed. You probably want to change streams. You probably want to say, screw you people. You guys are the problem. But really, when you look at the makeup of the electorate in the races that were in play, 
A red wave was never even possible. Because you look at the Senate seats that were available. You look at the... Now, granted, we did get some wins. And this is what I was talking about in my podcast. This is what I was talking about right before the end of the new year. We got wins. I mean, we flipped congressional seats in New York and California. We got congressional wins in random areas that we never thought we would. But did we get the big senatorial wins? No, we didn't. But you know what? We were never guaranteed that. We weren't even predicted that because of the makeup of senate races now 2024 looks a lot different and you can say hey a red wave can happen then this was all just another mandate for a couple things to happen and i'm not a donald trump uh supporter to a degree like i support him but i'm not a a sycophant which you will find out in my next canard because i got one for him but i'm just saying I'm not a cultist. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but it did kind of seem like the point was to say, hey, um, Donald Trump picked a bunch of losers that were no names, and we shouldn't listen to Donald Trump because he's a boil on the foot of conservatism, and we need to lance him off and get him out of the movement. And that was the whole Ron DeSantis uh, push. I love Ron DeSantis. Listen to Ron DeSantis talk about, <laughs> talk about, all right, so gas stoves come in, comes into the news. The climate change assholes want to turn around and go, well, you know, we need to get rid of gas stoves because your kid has uh, an increase in asthma and it was probably because your gas stove. Well, your gas stove isn't just idling on, filling the house full of vapors that if you light a match to light one of those nice little you know, Bed Bath & Beyond candles, you're going to burn the whole house down. It's going to explode like a Yankee candle, Roman candle in your house. No. Um, climate change zealots wanted to go after the gas stoves. In fact, Governor Hochul, the Cuomo uh, uh, monster, the ex-Cuomo monster, she has basically said, oh, we're not going to allow a new uh, construction. Uh, new construction is not going to have gas stoves. Well, so gas stoves were now the enemy. And then the left turned around and said, oh, my gosh, Republicans are pouncing on gas stoves because they're talking about how gas stoves are the enemy. Well, guess what? Ron DeSantis turned around and said, well, yeah, gas stoves. Hey, we might just not even tax them. You want to go out and buy some gas stoves? Tax holiday on the gas stoves because F you, right? <laughs> Listen to Ron DeSantis talk about tax-free gas stoves. Yeah, we may even say no tax on gas stoves coming up this year. We'll do that. That's fine with me. I want you to be able to have a choice. And see, it's things like this going after Disney because Disney had this nice perk of being able to regulate itself, not pay taxes, have its own police force, and then they're going to turn around and shove LGBTQ BS with their not-so-secret gay agenda in their Zoom meetings with their CEOs down your kids' throats in Strange World and Buzz Lightyear movies that they can turn around and have all that ripped away because somebody like Ron DeSantis wants to stand up for individual liberty over big companies that have carve-outs in their state. Well, a lot of people wanted to pit Donald Trump against Ron DeSantis, and they were like, oh, you know, we're going to pick one or the other. Oh, Ron DeSantis, though, he's a big rhino because Paul Ryan's coming to meet with him. And again, it's another canard because the big canard is... Ron DeSantis is the next wave, and we need 
Ron DeSantis's. We need Marjorie Taylor Greens and Lauren Boberts and Matt Gates, and we need the people coming behind. We need the military stepping behind the movement. So, I mean, I don't know if Donald Trump's going to be one that can be the next in line again. You know, is he going to be reelected? He's a lame duck. That'd be nice. You know, he's got this plan to fire at will federal employees who aren't typically allowed to be fired at will, which would eliminate the bureaucracy. The problem is when we get into what we're going to talk about with Donald Trump and the vaccines here in a little bit, um, because that's his, that's his, as the failed winner of <laughs> Wheel of Fortune said, that's his Achilles heel, right? That's his Achilles heel. He supported Operation Warp Speed. He was duped by the establishment down the line to the point where people that were issuing vaccines way before they were necessary turned around and said, hey, yeah, you should get rid of regulations and let us put, push pa- past whatever we want. And he said, oh, yeah, Operation Warp Speed. And now he's going to take the credit for it while people are dying suddenly all over the place of heart heart attacks at age 35. But regardless of that, um, we have to look at the fact that all of this is a situation that's a canard. Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis, a canard. You know, it's a canard to think that unifying behind a speaker to get things done immediately when they all go home and and no one's really getting concessions unless Chip Roy and all them stand up and say, hey, listen to me, we're going to vote 15 times and denut you on stage in front of the world. Um, Then you're going to listen to us and you're going to heed to our demands that benefit both sides of the nation. We're going to have to look at that. You know, we're going to have to look at the fact that um, the red wave was not even possible, but yet everybody pretended that it was. And then when they turned around and said, well, it didn't really happen. So it must have been the fact that the MAGA movement isn't serious and it's toxic and we got to get rid of Donald Trump and we got to get Ron DeSantis in. But let's go ahead and snipe Ron DeSantis because he's meeting with Paul Ryan and maybe he's hanging out with Ted Cruz in Goldman Sachs office. Right. This is the BS canards. We keep getting sold. We need to reject this BS. Because this is how they, they flood the zone. They clowered and piven your conservative values and your, um, your beliefs in what a leader should be while the left turns around and they're all in on communism. They don't care. They're all united. Yeah, AOC is knifing Pelosi, who's knifing Elizabeth Warren, who's tomahawk chopping uh, Beto O'Rourke, who's switchblading uh, with his skateboard and his, uh, you know, slick wetback, uh, you know, uh, greaser, you know, switchblade, whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, they're all in unison. They're all singing the same choir book. While we're still over here complaining about whether Daily Wire should hire Steven Crowder or Steven Crowder thinks Daily Wire's contract sucks. I mean, there is a part of me that thinks that we do need to keep our own conservative voices in check. You know, you look at the fact that Ben Shapiro was just all about the vaccines. He was out there saying, take the vaccines, you dopes. 
Listen to him talk about the vaccines on his promo that's still running for his show. Ben Shapiro. If you want to get unvaccinated Americans to vaccinate, you don't get on TV and yell at them about how dumb they are. You try to get them to go see a doctor who's going to tell them the vaccine is great and it works fantastic. I've been back to life as normal since day that I got vaccinated. What about mask mandates? Or failure to mandate masks is not causing the unvaccinated to die. The unvaccinated not vaccinating is causing the unvaccinated to die. Once more. With feel. The unvaccinated are causing the unvaccinated to die by not vaccinating. Ben Shapiro. And see, my issue with what Ben, ben Shapiro is saying is he's bought into the credentialism. He's bought into the experts and he just went like right along with it. And what's really amazing is this is the fight we were supposed to have. This is where it mattered the most. You signed up to be a conservative talker so that you could actually get out there and fight for Western freedom for fight for democracy and liberty and freedom. And you're just going to turn around and go right along with the lockdown crew and say, Hey, jab me up. I mean, this is, he's a part of that platform. And now this is the same Daily Wire that's been going back and forth with Steven Crowder to where they actually had a good response saying that, well, here, we're giving you just a good solid contract. And, you know, there's certain things that we have to worry about monetarily speaking. But then Steven Crowder saying, do you want the country to win or do you want your business to win? Because you need to rethink your model and not rely on revenue from communist platforms like YouTube and things of that nature. These things we need to address no doubt about it. We need to bring these things up and really kind of hold people's feet to the flame. But we have to stop knifing our platforms altogether. I still subscribe to Daily Wire. I still subscribe to Blaze. I even subscribe to Gavin McInnes' Censored.TV because I'm going to support these outlets financially. I mean, we cannot sit here and just destroy each other's platforms completely just because we didn't like a voice that was on there or we you know, weren't in agreement with that voice. But that's conservative media. This is the state of conservatism. And it's always been this way. Oh, why couldn't Steven Crowder stay with Blaze TV? Well, maybe it's because he wants more of an accurate analytic so that when he goes to these comedy clubs, he can say, I've got a ton of audience viewers. Here's my list. Because not everybody that's subscribing to Blaze TV is specifically subscribed to Steven Crowder. But yet we're going to turn around and act like, oh, well, Blaze just, you know, they just sucked because they didn't keep them on. We don't know the workings, but yet we're going to turn around and knife each other. We're going to knife Daily Wire. We're going to knife Blaze TV. We're going to knife all of our conservative stalwart medium platforms because, you know, we're just so uh, skeptical of whether or not they have the right intentions or whether or not they're grifters like Mark Dice and all these other douche nozzles that are out there uh, pretending to be conservative stalwarts. But at the end of the day, we end up killing ourselves and fortifying the other side. So on the other side of the break, I got some more canards one of which is going to be something that really Trump cultists are not going to be happy with. But yet, I still like Trump. Great guy. I voted for him the second time. But we do have to come to the realization that these COVID vaccines are lethal. They're horrible. Yet he's still out there ch championing them 
Like they're the greatest thing since sliced bread and ice water. And you know what? We have to look into the fact that the left has taken that whole canard and they're running with it in another direction. And it's not Kamala Harris going, well, I'm not going to take the vaccine because Donald Trump made it. It's going to be because Biden became president. So now we're going to mandate it. And then we're going to turn around and talk about how midterms fell apart and the red wave didn't facilitate itself the way it should have. Uh, because of even though the map didn't show that it was even possible, it should have been possible, but maybe all the conservatives killed themselves because they didn't get vaccinated. We're going to get into all this BS on the other side of the break. Stick with me. This is Adrian Slade. So while in France, all the feminists are running around topless and they're wearing these uh, bloody pants, it looks like bloody diapers. I don't know if it's because they're protesting uh, tampon inequality or some sort of expensive tampons that the UN always seems to be behind. And they did this because of, you know, a giant cloud in the shape of a vagina. Go look that up. It really happened. You know, the, they're out there protesting. I don't know if it's tampon uh, equity, you know, even though all the tampons are now going to be in the men's room because of men who are supposedly menstruating. Um, we need to blow up some other canards that have all been in the news lately. And these are things that we're going to talk about um, that may not have gotten actual news press, but things that should have. And one of the things that I wanted to cover about the uh, vaccine injury and how it's becoming more prevalent now um, outside of DeMar Hamlin and outside of... Uh, a lot of the died suddenly outside of Diamond from Diamonds and Silk, uh, which we have video clips from them. Um, we're going to get into all that. I was going to do it as a segment at the end of the show, but I've got too much material. Got too many documents, too many conflicting news stories, too many sound clips that will make its own show. So we're going to do this on the next show. But right now, I kind of want to break up some more canards before we get into the canard of what Ben Shapiro should have been covering from day one. The real fight. The real fight was the fight against encroaching socialism on Western representative republicanism. But, you know, we're too busy worried about having our YouTube monetization, uh, revenue-generating sectors and and uh, components into our platforms you know to we're too worried about that that we're not going to say the things that might tip that boat we're not going to step over those lines and rock that boat too much even though we probably should which is what Dave uh Steven Crowder was talking about um but I want to finish up with a couple things first off I guess we didn't need Stacey Abrams to beat Brian Kemp for Georgia governor in the governor's race. I mean, even with the fully hydrated and fully fed voting line that was void of KKK members with scary assault rifles chasing black voters away, we still got a World Economic Forum globalist hack as our governor in Georgia. Now, I'm not from Georgia, so we have Governor Yunkin here in Virginia. But still, this guy was supposedly the pro-life, um, anti-lockdown queen uh, king. <laughs> I would call him a queen. But, you know, he was supposedly the one who was 
for election integrity, right, with uh, his secretary of state, right? In Georgia, right? You know, we had Warnock win two runoffs. We had throw-in ballots, publisher, sweepstakes, clearinghouse, mail-in ballots, all over the place. He's over at the World Economic Forum, and he's over there talking about how great doing business with Atlanta is. Unless, of course, you want to do business where you don't want to be firebombed by Antifa, <laughs> because that's what also happened over the weekend. It's ridiculous. And only six people were arrested in the firebombing of Atlanta, the mostly peaceful protest burning of Atlanta, where none of the people that were involved with burning Atlanta were actually from Georgia, right? So the communists can be brought in, can be trucked in. We can burn the place to the ground. And, uh, you know, it's, ah, it's mostly peaceful protesting. You know, the mayor's out there saying, well, you know, it's just people want to protest. They can protest. But, you know, it's almost like the mayor from Baltimore. Give them a safe space to burn things, right? It's ridiculous. So that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with places like Georgia where we have Republicans voted in and we're supposedly good to go. We're it's all right. We got governor Kemp in, right? Kemp is great. Yeah. He's at the world economic forum in Davos speaking with Klaus Schwab. Well, he wasn't there. George Soros. Well, he wasn't there. Uh, a lot of those people weren't there. Now, Al Gore was there talking about, you know, rain bombs and boiling oceans. And we had John Kerry out there talking about how he was touched somehow to be one of the elites. You know, he was the Heinz 57 guy who was touched by hooking up with the right chick, even though he was a swift boat, anti-American communist Vietnam hack. Um, he's one of the elites. And I guess Brian Kemp is too. And uh, one of the things that we really saw a lot of time spent on was some guy named George Santos. <laughs> this guy, they have spent more time on this dude. I mean, I sat there watching Saturday Night Live with my wife. Now, she's not very political. She wanted to watch it. I was like, all right, I'll just humor it. Give you the benefit of the doubt. And we start watching it, and I'm going, there was three skits, two impersonations of George Santos. Now, I don't know George Santos. Do you know George Santos? Apparently, this guy ran on the fact that he was a gay Jewish uh, drag queen from Brazil who was running as a Republican. What would be the difference between that and running as a high cheekbone Native American with a recipe of crab cake sandwiches or crab, I don't know, crab chowder. I don't know what it was in a powwow chow cookbook and pretending you're Native American, right, Elizabeth Warren? What would be the difference between you pretending to be a Hispanic uh, such as Beta Auroric? Auroric. So I go back and go, wait a minute, George Santos, he's not Jewish. 
might be gay. I don't know. But I mean, Santos doesn't sound Jewish to me. But Robert Francis O'Rourke, who is also called Beto O'Rourke, which Beto is apparently a slang name or a slang nickname in, you know, Hispanic circles. Um, O'Rourke is Irish. You know, it's like Rachel Dolezal and Sean King. Oh, yeah, you guys are black, but you're white. You know, I don't really see too many people on the right culturally appropriating or stealing ethnicities or pretending to, you know, pull uh, stolen valor. You know, I don't see them pulling swift boats and uh, things of that nature. But the left seems to do that. The left seems to do that a lot, just like the Monterey shooting. Oh, there was a shooting. Must have been white supremacy. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. It was in a heavily Asian district. So we need to ban the guns and we need to go after white domestic terrorism. Oh, wait, it was a 72-year-old Asian guy who shot up the place. Oh, he had an illegal gun that all your gun laws would not have prevented. Everything is a lie from these people. Everything. And we're going to get into the lie of the vaccines and the vaccine adverse side effects and all of the BS of that on the next podcast. I was going to put it at the end of this one, but we're running out of time and I've got way too much material and I could do a whole nother podcast. But I want to finish it up with this, with the fact that we as Republicans need to stop throwing our people off to the side. Yeah, George Santos, he not my pick, but you know what? He won. And if he gets in there and starts implementing conservatism under the guise of pretending to be a Brazilian drag queen, uh, gay Jewish guy, so be it. Play their game. You know what? You're not writing powwow chow recipes. And my thing is, people like Kimberly Ross and all these high and mighty Washington Examiner, uh, Daily Wire, you know, uh, journalists who are going to be like, well, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse, we don't need to make him a star. Well, you know what? You don't make him a pariah either. The guy actually stood up for your Second Amendment rights and stood up in the face of utter evil and contempt for justice and did so with a, a, an AG and a judge and a jury stacked against him and won based on his Second Amendment rights, based on his values, and you just want to throw him away because, well, you know, we don't like him. He might not be too cool for school for the William F. Buckley bowtie gang. You know what? Screw you. Screw you, people. You know what? Stop knifing people who are supporting your cause. That's basically what we have to look at. Same thing with George Santos. I have to laugh at this. He was on SNL. SNL three times. Now, there has not been one SNL skit about Joe Biden and six documents or six houses of documents and six shipping containers of documents of classified material that may have something to do with Ukraine and China and everything else under the sun. But they definitely spent time on George Santos and they tried to make a mockery of him with these crappy impersonations to which he said, I have now been enshrined in late night TV history with all these impersonations, but they all are terrible so far. John Lovitz is supposed to be one of the greatest comedians of all time. And that was embarrassing for him, not for me. 
these comedians need to step their game up. To which I said, yeah, SNL has been crap for a long time. And he's right. I mean, I, you know, I don't even know this guy, but I can tell you right now, they spend more time investigating George Santos, mocking and impersonating him on comedy shows, on late night TV, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, whatever down, down the line. But yet nothing on Joe Biden, classified material, nothing on Kamala Harris, nothing on any of these people, nothing on the fact that Nancy Pelosi supposedly got some priests to come out and, you know, he's going to, they're going to clean the room, get rid of all the bad juju, get rid of all the bad demons. Well, I think they were all beaten with a hammer, right? Paul, right? Paul Pelosi. Yeah. It's all BS. So on the next show, we're going to get into the vaccine adverse side effects. We're going to get into the contradictions. We're going to get into all of that. We were going to put it at the big end of this podcast, but you know what? We're going to do it on the next one. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Adrian Slade. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart. You can also check us out online, anchor.fm. You can also donate to be a part of the show, Adrian Slade slash support slash FM. And we'll see you guys next time.